0: Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Frenemies. Hopefully, you're listening to it sometime over the weekend. We're recording this on Thursday night, so so maybe you have a chance to listen to it while you're doing yard work on Saturday or on Sunday. But guys, we have got a uh, big show. It's been hard to get together this summer. It seems like it's it's more challenging. We started this podcast just recently. Keep our league. Uh, up to date on everybody's happenings and everything and then how we're doing in the league but then it just kind of branched off from there and this is the first time we've done the podcast in the summer and it seems to be hard sometimes to coordinate everybody's schedules agree that that's been a little bit challenging anyway
1: oh oh yeah <laughs> I mean, it's challenging enough for me with all the kids that i have but when summer comes along and kids just lose their minds it becomes a little bit harder
0: Yeah, I would agree. But usually on Tuesday nights, what we do is a history lesson. Tonight, we're going to do a history lesson, Uh, even though it's Thursday, because we, we still want to stay in this tradition. I don't know about you guys, but I like going down memory lane, and it helps me remember some of the great players of the past and learn more about them, especially comparing them to the players in the present. So what we kind of do is we we remember when we were opening up a pack of baseball cards when we were kids and I, you know you look at the first one you kind of see who your favorite players are but then I always you turn them over and you look at the statistics and I start I always had this little game where I wanted to guess what people's career stats were equating that to fantasy sports if you were playing fantasy baseball like we do in our league we are the fantasy frenemies what would you say guys would be a category or some categories that you have to target early on in the year, maybe in the draft, or or you don't have any shot at winning at all in your fantasy league. Whether it's head-to-head, head, whether it's rotisserie, it doesn't matter.
1: Oh, it's got to be stolen bases. Stolen bases and saves are the hardest thing to come
2: by, usually. That's exactly what I wrote down. Looking at the show notes before this, I wrote down steals and saves, and that's
0: coincidentally what
2: I'm struggling with.
0: This guy that we're talking about tonight, was born December twenty fifth, nineteen fifty eight. So right around Christmas time. So he he might be the little gift to us all. I guess maybe is what he was. He he played for nine teams over a twenty four year career. In his first season in nineteen eighty, this is what, what kind of impact this guy was going to make. In his first season in nineteen eighty, he broke one of Ty Cobb's records. Could you imagine if in your first year that you broke a guy named Ty Cobb's record? That's <laughs> just I don't, I don't know though if this guy knew who Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb was. I, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know if he knew who Ty Cobb was. He was a two-time World Series uh, champion, a ten-time All-Star. He won an MVP award in 1990. He finished in the top in the top ten in the MVP voting six different times. So this guy made a huge impact in baseball. In 2009, he was elected in the on the first ballot as a as a Hall of Famer. And George Steinbrenner agreed with a lot of people when I was researching this guy, when he said that this man was the greatest leadoff batter of all time. If I say that, do we do we have to question who it is or do we already know? I don't have to question that to
2: me. Not, not at all. I think all of us know it's the man of steel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's S T E A L. Ricky Henderson. That's right. The man of steel. Uh Ricky Henderson is that guy. He, you know, he has some crazy stats whenever you start thinking about him. He set the all-time record. We always think about him as a steel guy, but he set the all-time record in runs scored with two thousand two hundred and ninety-five. He set the all-time record in unintentional walks with two thousand one hundred and twenty-nine. that's one of the things I remember most about Ricky Henderson is he started off the game, or the at bat, whenever he whenever he was leading off, he started off making that pitcher work. Unless of course he hit a first pitch dinger on the on the pitcher, because right. he did that a lot of times too. But he <laughs> made he w- so many times. I remember watching him as a kid, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch him like in his prime. I remember seeing him in that green outfit. I, I remember seeing him in a Yankee outfit, and man, he just always worked the count, uh, always. He led the AL in steals twelve times, twelve times. That's the longevity of his career, and he stole fourteen hundred and six bases and and uh, set the record for that. In one year, in nineteen eighty two, he stole a hundred and thirty bases. One hundred and thirty bases in a year. <laughs> I don't
1: understand. I don't understand how he did not get the MVP that season.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I, I when we looked. When you sent out the notes and I looked up his numbers, I was, my jaw just hit the floor. When I saw 130, I
0: was like, that can't be real. I, well, I always remember him, and I remember Tim Raines, always stealing bases, over 100 bases. And, and guys, you know how you emulate people's batting stances and stuff like that? Everybody I knew wanted to be Ricky Henderson whenever they got to first base. They they wanted to steal second. Everybody I knew wanted to be like as fast as him. We saw him as he was just so fast. He was the, he was a superhero. He was a superhero is what he was. and one of my best best friends growing up, that was his guy. He's, he was a big
1: Ricky Henderson fan, and we always talked about him. You know, not only stealing second, but stealing third. You know, he was oh, steal yeah. just about anything.
0: Uh, he always struck me as being a little egotistical and you never knew whether or not that was a, a an act so he could kind of you know just be a funny guy with that Ricky Henderson always talked in like a third person you know Ricky Ricky one time said though that Ricky didn't talk in the third person <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things he said another funny story about Ricky Henderson when he was with the Oakland Athletics and they paid him a signing bonus of a million dollars well, as they got into their books later on in the year, their books came up off, and they couldn't figure it out until they backtracked all the way to this million-dollar off that they had in their, in their checkbook. And they, they, they called Ricky Henderson up, and they said, did you ever cash that check that we gave you? And he said, no. He framed it and put it on the wall. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't cash the $100. He didn't go out and make a copy of the 100 he didn't, he, he, he just framed it and put it on the wall. So Ricky Henderson, I don't know if—I'm sure he was a nice guy, but uh, he he definitely had a unique personality. Listen to this. His first year up, 1980. So if you're a leadoff batter like Ricky Henderson was, you're going to have plenty of plate appearances. He had 722 plate appearances in 1980, his first year up. He batted 303. We talk a lot about rookie struggles and everything. He batted 303. He only struck out 54 times. He drew 117 walks. He stole 100 bases that year. 100 bases. Only had nine home runs. For some reason, when he was with the Oakland Athletics and the New York Yankee organization, his his numbers increased there in the mid-80s. I don't want to give any speculatory remarks here on why his (laughs) home run records would have, his numbers would have went up into the 30s drastically, but he drew a lot of walks. Always did that. He had 100 stolen bases that first year, though. Two years later, he had 130. Three years later, he had 108 stolen bases. Just crazy numbers, and you barely ever see his numbers dipping below 50, 60 stolen bases throughout his career. Then he started hitting home runs. You guys see that? Whenever he started getting uh, double-digit home runs, he, he was pretty much single digits all the way until like 1984, 85. Then he hit 16 home runs, 24 home runs, 28 home runs. Ricky Henderson doing a lot of damage on the ball field. In 1990, Ricky Henderson... He batted 325 for the year, had 600 plate appearances, scored 119 runs. He had 28 home runs, 61 RBIs for a leadoff man, and had 65 stolen bases. If you had that on your uh, fantasy roster, would you not be pleased?
2: I would be <laughs> Yeah, you would never lose the
0: steals category, just about. Well, unless you had Tim Raines on the other side. If you had Tim Raines on the other side, Vince Coleman was another great base stealer uh, during that time period. Those guys were fun to watch.
2: So you said he had fourteen hundred and six stolen bases. I I looked up the current active players. The next the the highest active player right now is Rajah Davis. I don't know if that's how you say his name. He has four hundred fifteen steals. So Ricky has nearly a thousand steals more than the next the next man up that's currently active. That's just that's just unstoppable. It's unbelievable.
0: We talk about all-time records that will never be broken. Will the Steel record ever be broken? I, uh, I don't think a, so. It's one of those
1: things like DiMaggio's uh, streak that will probably never be touched again. I mean, there's just almost no way.
2: Yeah, you look at the the next man up, Brock, 938 steals, and that was in the same time period just before Henderson became active, and then Hamilton 914, but he was in the the turn of the century baseball, and then Ty Cobb was after that with about 897. I really don't think we'll ever see it
0: get broken. I used to say that about Walter Payton's rushing record too. So we'll see, but I I don't I don't know who could... I don't know I don't I, there's nobody on the radar that I could see right now that could break it, especially with how many times people go on the DL. Uh, 24-year career is is a long time. So if we turn that baseball card over and we look at a 162-game average, what he would do, he would score 121 runs. He would have around, oh, 27 27 home runs per year. He would average 74 stolen bases with a a 279 batting average. I would take that all day, every day. Would he be a first-round pick in today's game? Absolutely. If we talk about Trey Turner... If we talk about Trey Turner maybe being a first round pick, where would Ricky go after a career when he after a year when he hit thirty three home runs and sold sixty five bases?
1: I mean, not only would he be a first round pick, but he would be the first part of the first round. That'd be incredible. Because I mean, you, Did... you could go you could go in the second round and get you get you a a, a better power hitter, but you're not going to get all that into one with that. I mean, other than right now, like Yelich. That's really the only guy that I can think of that just stuffs all those categories like that.
0: Anyway, Ricky Henderson was our history lesson for today. Uh, Tim Tim didn't Tim didn't like the Ricky Henderson thing. He didn't comment a lot about Ricky Henderson. <laughs> he he was a Dodger <laughs> at one time. Tim. He he retired as a Dodger. That's about yeah. all I know about.
3: <laughs> I mean, I know he's he's the all time record uh, holder for uh, uh, steals, but I mean, I was. Not interested in baseball when he was in his prime. So I mean, I didn't hear about Ricky Anderson until much later
0: in life. So that, that guy, let me tell you about that that guy too. Whenever you look at the highlights of him, and this this was real. He was one of the first guys who you saw just like. Muscled up, I guess. His pants looked too small for him, so his his thighs looked like they were huge. Cause I mean, they looked like they were huge. And that guy could just I, I remember seeing him even as an old man. It felt like in his in his 40s, and he was still stealing bases. It, it, it was nuts to watch him. Hey. Some news and notes here. Noah Syndergaard, he, he's going to make a rehab start. He's he's going to probably be back pretty soon. Jordan Hicks with a St. Louis Cardinal uh, closer who was pitching over 100 miles an hour all the time. He ended up getting his shoulder all tore up. Uh, Carlos Martinez is going to probably, probably take most of the closer roles there. But we'll have to see if he doesn't mess up his arm while he's doing that. But I'll tell you what it kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of how John Smoltz and Kerry Wood kind of became closers, you know? I wonder if Carlos Martinez is going to be down that same line of, of the Smoltz and the Woods guys. It's possible. Of course, it also uh,
1: the trade deadline will have something to say about that. But I think he's he might have the stuff to do that.
3: I don't it, think the Cardinals are going to be making a move for a closer, though, come the trade deadline. They're not really pushing for a playoff spot right now.
0: You know what I saw today uh, in my other league— Paul Goldschmidt became a free agent. Somebody dropped Paul Goldschmidt today. It's it's unusual to see something like that. Yeah. It's tough. I I can't say I blame him. There's so many first basemen out there to choose from, and it's you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally you gotta you gotta do something. Tyler Glasnow be shut down for three weeks. He's got uh, some some inflammation in his shoulder. Caleb Smith though, he struck out 11 while only allowing two runs over a four and a third inning in his double-A start, so Caleb Smith is on the healing track. George Springer, Joey Gallo, those guys were all activated. Scott Kingery hit leadoff again for the Phillies on Tuesday. You know, the the Phillies offense kind of woke up a little bit, and I wonder if that doesn't have something to do with Kingery batting leadoff for him now. And it's definitely helped him in my shortstop position. Yeah, he finally quit having to look for one. Giancarlo Stanton went back on the 10-day DL with another uh, something wrong with his knee still. You know, just a right knee sprain with him, and it just doesn't seem like it, we're going to get a healthy year out of Giancarlo this year.
1: Yeah, and, and it's weird because he just he just looked like he just kind of banged the the knee on the ground, uh, and didn't look like something that would necessarily sprain it, but. Either it was already there or it was just messed up, and he just hit it just right. But he's gone for a while.
3: Are they going to call Clint Frazier back up? That's a good question.
0: If I'm a Stanton owner, I'm a little bit nervous. He hasn't been healthy all year long. And every time it seems like he's going to be, he has a little setback here and there. And uh, these things are, you know, I told you earlier in the year, it was his shoulder early in the year, right? I told you all the things seemed to be connected to my shoulder whenever my shoulder started going bad. I couldn't, just like your back, or I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but he keeps having issues. Craig Kimbrell was called up and got his first save today with the Chicago Cubs. You know what else it was today? It was C-Day. It was C-Day at the Cubs game because in the seventh inning, the seventh inning stretch, uh, the Cookie Monster sang the seventh inning stretch, and he said that today's letter was the letter C for the Cubs and for Craig Kimbrell. And he he wanted everybody to go get cookies instead of go get runs at the end of it. So if you have a chance to watch that, it was it was a little amusing for me anyway. Did you guys notice anything, any surprises about the MLB All-Star Game selections? Because it, it looked like it was pretty much chalk to me.
1: I was happy with uh, a couple of Braves getting in uh, starting, uh, Freddie and Acuna. But I, I, I honestly I thought it was going
3: to be Bell. Hmm. I thought Josh Bell was going to get that starting spot. But, I mean, it's not a shock that Freeman got it, but...
1: As much as Bell's been good, Freddie's been better. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all.
3: You would say that. You would. Uh,
0: Andleton Simmons was activated from the 10-day injured list. He's good for a batting average. Don't know how... I I, I. I. They seem to have rushed him back. We'll see about his ankle and how long he stays up. Uh, here's big news. Travis Shaw got tri- optioned down to AAA, and Keston Hira was called back up. So, uh, he's going to be second base eligible, I think for Milwaukee. And if he's out there on a waiver wire, he'd be a good man to pick up. If you need a second base help. Almost. I almost dropped him for, to pick up another pitcher today and I'm glad I didn't. It's, we knew he was going to get called back up at some point. It was just a matter of time unless Travis Shaw turned it around. I had heard that they were going to probably wait till after this weekend, but you can't blame them for waiting and trying to do something now. You only have so many games. Hey, in our CML League, Lost Puppies did overtake first place. You, took, you still sitting at second, a half game back behind them, Tim. Kerry's five and a half games back. Mookie Monster's at seven games back. Bobby, you're at nine and a half. Jordan's at 10.5. I'm at 12, but I'm fading fast. I told you guys about a month ago, my, my team was built on a uh, deck of a house of cards, and it was just ready to topple over, and I think it's toppling now. Mark, you're at 13.5 games back, but you're having a really good week, so you might be able to get up in there right now a little bit higher.
2: We'll see. I feel like my team's better than what my record shows, Bob, so uh, we'll see.
0: Hug a Hughes and OBLB down there. Uh, Brandon's... Sitting at thirty, and I think he, I think, I think he's pushed all the chips in the middle and said, "Boys, you could just have it all there." Just <laughs> hey, hey,
1: he did, he did make a trade with me this this week, and I was I was shocked and happy about it.
0: You've been on the winning side of trades for a little while now.
3: Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "What the?" Heck? <laughs> yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. If you don't ask, you don't get. Let's look at the MLB standings. We're going to do it from a little bit different perspective. Let's look at it through the wild card perspective. So right now, uh, Houston, the Yankees, and Minnesota are all in. They're they're all in the AL uh, division. Then the cutoff point comes Tampa Bay and Texas. What what, are the, what What would happen there? They would play the one game? Is that what they would do? Yes.
3: They'll play the one-game playoff, and whoever wins will play the first-place team.
0: All right. So Tampa Bay and Texas are sitting on, in that wild card game right now. Cleveland is just a half game back. Boston is just one and a half games back. Oakland, two. Los Angeles Angels, they're only four games back. And I, I guess you still got to put the White Sox in there at six and a half. Do, you, do we still have to think Seattle's a threat at ten games back in the wild card? It's too early yeah. to write them off, right? But they're fading fast. I don't think they're
1: out of there.
2: I don't know. I mean, earlier in the season, I thought Cleveland was done and they sucked. But... Here they are, just half a game back from the wild card, and you never
3: know. You guys no, it's noticed? it been fading. Who's that? No, it's been fading. It's Houston. Yes. They've
0: had a bad Man, week.
3: they have been struggling. The last 10, 2-8. They got swept by the Pirates this week.
0: They played the Yankees over the weekend.
3: And then they got swept by the Pirates this I think they yeah. got swept by the Pirates. Oh,
0: no, they did. They did. They, did. they lost. I think
3: today they lost, like. It the Pirates, like 10 10, 10, at one 10, 10, point 10. it was
0: like 10-0. The Pirates scored 24 runs the last two days. 24. Yikes. If you look here to it, all the top teams from the Angels up. So you know the Angels and the White Sox kind of set a little bar there where all the teams from the Angels up in this in the all the way to the top all have plus on the differential scale there of runs scored to runs allowed. And all the teams below them have negative, and it's negative by a lot. It's you know, 65. And... Baltimore, minus 191. Yikes.
2: <laughs> I wonder what the record is. Baltimore Need as a, a whole. Other... Yeah, Baltimore as a whole, as a city, just, just having a rough year.
0: On the National League side of things, you got the Cubs, the Dodgers, and Atlanta all in right now. And sitting in that wild card game will be Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Think a lo- you could say, can we safely say that Philadelphia thought they'd have a little bit better shot than just a wild card berth at this point?
1: Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I think they were booking some. Uh, they were they were booking on winning the division and and looking at that World Series from from a top of division. But I think they're gonna be lucky to get wild card right now.
0: Colorado's half a game back, St. Louis is two games back, Arizona two and a half, San Diego two and a half, Washington three, Pittsburgh at four, Cincinnati five and a half, and the Mets at six and a half, uh, I guess San Francisco, this was crazy, San Francisco's eight, and and I don't do it, I, I want to discount Miami at 11 and a half games back, if they could just score some runs, their pitching is is just fine it seems like, but if they could just score some runs.
2: I don't know, man. We're halfway through the season. 81 games for Milwaukee out of 162. So if, if they want to make a move, they better start now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Milwaukee's pitching, though, they've given up 400. They are negative six in the run differential right now. They're <laughs> ahead by sheer force. Sheer force of will. <laughs> I guess. Did you guys hear that uh, ditching deodorant is a growing trend among young people? Uh, they just don't think they need it. They also yeah.
2: still live in mom's basement until they're like twenty-five. So. Yeah, and I, I tell
1: I tell my boys I tell my <laughs> boys every day, y'all need deodorant badly.
2: Whoever says they don't need it is lying. I mean, what what boy, growing up, did not go through a stinky face?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, this you'll be happy to hear this. Avengers Endgame is going to be re-released with a deleted yes, sir. scene. In an attempt to surpass *Avatar* as the all-time worldwide box office champion. What? So are you now, gonna, are you are you going to go back out and see it? Uh, probably. <laughs> I've I
3: mean I've already gone back to see it. I've seen it
0: four times now. Oh my!
3: Are you serious? <laughs> yes, sir. Now now the a lot of people are saying negative stuff about them re-releasing the movie. Because they're just doing it to beat Avatar. Well, when Avatar came out, they also re-released the movie that same year to beat Titanic. So, Which is funny because it's a James Cameron
2: movie on both of those. Both, so it's like, both like, are why, James Cameron movies. Where's the ego play? But if they re-release it with more scenes, it's not the same movie technically. But it's I'd only be-
3: going to be like six minutes of extra footage of, from what I've heard. So.
0: So I have been preparing for the Fantasy Frenemy football podcast that will be coming up in the fall. And one of the things I ran across was the Chicago Bears red zone rushing attempts last year. All right. Chicago kind of broke out a little bit. Uh, you, had a, you had a much better offensive system, a new coach, Matt Nagy and so forth. And so when, you were, when they were inside the 20-yard line, the Bears handed it off to Howard 56.5% of the time. Well, Jordan Howard is gone. He's now a Philadelphia Eagle. So where are those 56.5% carries going to go to? Inside the 10, he got the ball 60% of the time. And inside the 5, Jordan Howard, if they handed the ball off, he got 68% of the carries. So it, this got me to thinking about rookie running backs a little bit because I'm trying to uh, uh, grasp my head around this. Because, if I, guys, if I look at rookie running backs that made a big impact last year, who was it like Saquon Barkley? He had a huge impact last year, right? You had two years ago, you had uh, Cook with Minneapolis making a big impact. Who were some other rookies that, that you guys can remember from last year that had a big impact? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. That was a good one. And who else? Sonny Michelle. That was one big one. I think we, we kind of didn't know what to think about him and his knee in the New England offense, but he ended up having a great year.
1: And if you wanted to
0: classify uh, James Conner as a rookie, he was outstanding carry on johnson was a big one too i think that he made an impact for the limited time that he was able to play who do you guys think this year will make a big impact as a rookie in a running back situation in the nfl for fantasy standards
3: i think it's pretty easy i think you got to go with the top running back off on the board here josh jacobs he's gonna get he's gonna get the most the most uh Chance that I mean he's he's probably going to end up starting for the the Raiders next year.
1: Yeah, I think that's the plan for them was that he was going to get the most reps uh, in the backfield. So I mean, whether that's a, a twenty per game or fifteen per game or what it what it will be, but he will probably be the one that will get the most chances to be the rookie, the biggest rookie. I would have to throw in, I mean, not not necessarily as glaring, but with the the best team, and if he gets on the field, he has a good chance. I'll go with the other uh, Alabama running back with Damian Harris in the New England squad.
0: Uh, I think they're both good choices, but I would suspect you two Alabama boys to pick that. You guys are two homers, so I'll go with David Montgomery, <laughs> who's playing for the Bears, okay? <laughs> I, when I did that, but, but he, they they drafted him intentionally for this reason. Uh, Tariq Cohen, whenever he they put him in the game, people... Start double teaming him. there. somebody's always got him. He can't find open space anymore. I don't know if they're going to go to a dual backfield at different times, but I know that they don't trust him inside the red zone to be able to carry the ball like that. And they specifically got David Montgomery because he has a nose for the end zone, and they, that's that's what they wanted. They they didn't like Jordan Howard in that role either, and so it was really hard to count on him to find the end zone. But I, I, I'm going to take David Montgomery on this. I think he might be the sleeper. Here's you want to know what my prediction is for Josh Jacobs. That I I I don't want to say it because I really like watching Josh Jacobs run, but he got a little banged up at Alabama. It seemed like sometimes the Oakland Raiders are going to be on uh, hard knocks. I don't you put see, that
3: evil on him? Don't you put that evil on him?
0: I can almost see Josh Jacobs getting injured, and uh-huh. then I see I, I mean I, and you know like one of those season-ending injuries, uh, and then looking at John Gruden's face on a close-up. That's what I. I that's the vision I had when I started thinking about Josh Jacobs. And he was my favorite of all the running backs for Alabama. So I, I hate to say that, but that's just something I see happening. That's one of my weird, bold predictions. Just like Trevor Richards is going to pitch a no-hitter. So just take it for what it's worth. Did you know that the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be playing in London this weekend?
2: You don't say.
0: And they have the field dimensions are so different over there. The field is going to be 330 feet down each foul line. And in center field, it'll be a distance of 385 feet, and it'll have a 16-foot wall. I think if you have Yankees, I think if you have Red Sox this weekend, you should start them because there's there's something I remember from the Seattle and Oakland series, and mm-hmm. the 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 scores were just astronomical in that first series of this year. And to impress people, I wonder if they just won't. Try and uh, you know send over some special balls as well over to London with these with this small park and just let them just start knocking it out left and right.
2: Oh yeah, I'd sit my pitchers. I'm going to start Torres, Devers, Hicks, Betts. It's going to be a good time. Sorry, Brandon.
0: <laughs> I was combing through some of our teams and looking at some of the players. And there's a lot of folks who are having to make tough decisions right now as the playoffs get a little bit closer. Let's look at some players who you might think about replacing. Let's help some people make some tough decisions maybe tonight, at least give our input on them. I was looking at this list, and I, I was trying to look at the plate appearances because these are kind of like the bottom people of, of the most owned people, and you don't want to put something like uh, like like Kevin Biggio in there because he just hasn't had the plate appearances. Brendan Rodgers hasn't had Aaron Ro- Aaron Judge, who's just coming off the DL, he hasn't had those plate appearances. But did you know, like, Tucker Barnhart, He's still rostered in leagues as a catcher and a first baseman. Is he somebody you would keep on your team? Uh,
3: no, not with a 191 batting average. There's some other uh, some other catchers out there that are worth picking up over him. But uh, Jordan Jordan can Jordan can hold on to him this week though. Yes, I
1: think Jordan should <laughs> hold on to. him. So you could go and get either of the Seattle catchers right now and be better than that.
3: Or even uh, what's the the Cleveland catcher Perez or something? Yeah. Oh yeah, Roberto, yeah. Roberto Perez. I mean, he he's not bad
0: either. You might even be able to just leave the catcher position blank and not have anybody <laughs> in my. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
2: Can we acknowledge that that's not a real position anymore in fantasy baseball and
3: just replace it?
0: Could you imagine a two-catcher league? Oh, weird.
3: That'd be miserable. Catcher is like a tight end in in fantasy football.
0: Uh, no, tight
2: ends produce some points. Yeah, but you gotta have after like one the, of the first five tight ends are go
3: off the board. There's not. It's like slim pickings after that.
0: What about Derek Dietrich? He had his he had his heyday a little bit earlier this year, but is he worth rostering anymore?
2: Clearly, he is not based on my roster, Tim. I regret trading for him. Uh, he's. <laughs> He's dropped off quite a bit. He's batting two twenty two on the season eighteen home runs. I think he had seventeen in those in that hot streak and then he just he's hit one since uh june eighteenth so uh no, sorry about that, buddy. You know, I went against my my philosophy he, I watched him on press conferences and that and in games. He's very cocky and just not a person I probably would be friends with and i and I picked him up anyway from Tim, and I'm regretting that. <laughs> I think he would be at least worth rostering because of all the position
1: eligibility that he has. And, yeah, he could he could probably have another at least a mini hot streak during the season, but you you need to have a deep bench to to roster him.
2: Yes, in deeper leagues, he's, he's definitely worth owning. And then, you know, the trade deadline coming up next month, if he gets traded somewhere else and gets more playing time, they might be a good pickup.
0: What about Nick Senzel? Nick Senzel is 66% owned, but I would say some of his numbers are a little pedestrian. I think we had a hope for Senzel to get more stolen bases than what he has right now at this point with almost 200 at-bats under his belt. Is Nick Senzel just still a good option with with all the outfield options that we have? I guess he's third base eligible too in the Yahoo leagues, but is he worth rostering?
1: He's been worth it for me. He's a a good bench player. He'll get you uh, at least a few points uh, per week, and he's not bad in batting average right now.
0: Jose, What about <laughs> Jose Ramirez, owners? Uh, he's, he's, his batting average actually has come up a little bit. He's at, hitting at 217 right now, and those 18 stolen bases sure do look juicy, but they seem very sporadic. Are there other options, though, for second base and third base that you could find right now?
1: Not very many that would be uh, on the waiver wire or tradable assets. Um, unless you're going to give up something. Uh, D. Gordon might be available, but he's not exactly been the uh, most dependable guy in the last month or so.
3: Did you say Chris Taylor?
1: There you go.
2: There's a good one.
3: Chris Taylor has been playing really well recently.
2: Well, if you want to talk about stolen bases,
3: uh, Colton Wong,
2: available in 80% of Yahoo leagues, he's got 14 stolen bases, and he's played 78 games out of the 81, so... That's a good
0: choice. His, his numbers are probably pretty comparable nowadays to Ramirez, except he has probably a, bat, a higher batting average, as, I'd, I'd assume, as well. Hey, guys, look at the we talked about the series that were being played in the middle of this week. The Phillies swept the Mets. Does that make you feel better as a Braves fan, Bobby? Hey, let them beat up on each other, and we'll just plug it along. Yankees swept the Blue Jays. The Yankees are on fire, guys. They they're on fire. Even though Stanton goes down, they just they just plug a play. They they're kinda of like Alabama running backs. They just plug the next guy in. Padres. It was weird. The Padres and the Orioles only played two games. I guess that's all the that's all the interest you have, but the Padres swept the Orioles. The Red Sox uh, defeated the White Sox two games to one. The Rangers defeated the Tigers three games to none. Indians still making their little push. They beat the Royals three games to none. Braves and Cubs split the series two games apiece. It looks like the Nationals and the Marlins are still in progress right now, and the Nationals, though, had had beaten the Marlins two games to none. Also in progress with the Twins and the Rays, but the Twins had beaten the Rays two games to none. Hmm? Are they still in progress? Because last much, it just like 16th inning. I don't know. It, I, <laughs> some, there there uh, are
3: people like I can, for 7. I can, update, <laughs> I can update you guys on both of those. The okay. the Rays beat the Twins 5-2 to today in 18 innings. And the Nationals
0: beat the Marlins Nationals beat today. the Marlins So the Nationals swept the Marlins Alright, so you got Washington That's still just a fun little race Between the Washington, the Phillies, the Mets, and the, the Braves You gotta keep on winning Keep on winning The Pirates defeated the Astros two games to one Like I said, scored 24 runs in the last two games Seattle beat the Brewers two games to one uh, In In Milwaukee In Milwaukee they did that I think we can say that safely that there's a reason why the Brewers wanted to call up Kirsten again, just to get that offense going. Athletics defeated the Cardinals two games to none. The Dodgers might have had Colorado fever because they lost against the Diamondbacks, two games to one. I yeah, the, di- uh,
3: the Diamondback series was a throwaway series. If you look at it, they started uh, they started a rookie, uh, Gonsolin um, pulled pulled him up from Triple A. And then they used a a bullpen uh, game the other day. So that was a throwaway series. They're just getting ready for this Rockies series this weekend.
0: Yeah, the Rockies are getting ready for them, too. They defeated the Giants two games to one, and the Angels defeated the Reds two games to zero. This weekend, though, you were talking about that big series with the Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies in Colorado. Is, Is it safe to say that if you can find a Dodger to go ahead and go get a Dodger and put him on your roster right now. I'm not going to say get a Rocky. It's it's going to be interesting to see the pitching matchup versus that altitude matchup, you know? Well, it's,
3: the game right now, it's eight to seven Dodgers in the seventh inning. Hmm. So both teams are destroying each other right now as far
0: as batting. So Bueller didn't have a good night tonight, is that what you-
3: No, nope. seven earned.
0: Ugh, ugh. All right, so this weekend we've got going against each other. We've got the Indians at the Orioles. The Indians have got a soft schedule over the last two weeks. They're making up a lot of ground right now. The Toronto Blue Jays against the Kansas City Royals. The Cubs are going to Cincinnati and facing the Reds. The Philadelphia Phillies will be battling the Miami Marlins this weekend. I guess the Phillies can maybe stay on a little, little, little fast-paced track. They've, they've won the last four now. The Rangers versus the Rays. You, Tim, I think you called that right. The Rays, the Rays seem to be struggling right now. I don't know what it is, but they're they're struggling.
3: Yeah, and this uh, Rangers series will be interesting because the Rangers are they're still they're they're a good team and they've got some good pitching. So, and their bats are starting to do pretty well too. So.
0: They got Gallo back, so that that always helps out as well. The Nationals will face the Tigers, so the Braves better better be, defeat the Mets. That's a big series this weekend. Braves in New York, uh, but you got to keep pace with the Nationals and with Philadelphia, Bobby. So uh, Seattle will be facing the Astros. We'll see if the Astros can get off the snide and uh, against the Seattle Mariners. But Seattle's been playing a little bit better. Uh, we'll see if the Astros bats can't wake up this weekend, though. Minnesota Twins at the Chicago White Sox, Pirates at the Brewers. Not a good time for the Brew crew to be facing the Pirates with those red-hot bats. Dodgers at Rockies, like we said. Athletics at the Angels, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals at the San Diego Padres this weekend, and the Diamondbacks face the Giants. Looking at this, I guess it's just a Saturday-Sunday matchup between the Yankees and the Red Sox in London? That's correct. So they'll just be playing two games this weekend. Well, they should at least put a double header in there, shouldn't they?
2: I I thought they would have.
0: Uh, uh, instead of popcorn, are they gonna sing like Teas and Crumpet in the seventh inning stretch? Crackerjack save the queen. Hey, thank you for tuning in to us. We'll we'll be back again sometime next week. It's going to be a little bit goofy next week with our schedules and uh, being the 4th of July next week. So bear with us. Be patient with us over the next couple weeks as we work out these scheduling conflicts that we have with people taking vacations and stuff. But we are asking you to join the Frenemy Nation. Please leave a comment. Like us, subscribe to the podcast, or however you can do that uh, on the on the Podbean app, guys. I don't know if you've ever looked at the Podbean app so much as much because that's what we do, kind of our uploading to. There are all kinds of podcasts on there. If you download the Podbean app, you can find all kinds of podcasts, every podcast that you want, every one that you've ever heard of or wanted to listen to, and probably some that you didn't even know that you wanted to listen to. Uh, but they got this little heart. They got a little heart. You can you can push on the little heart and kind of say. You know, that, that, that you love Wes. That you love me. Did they have that on iTunes? What what is that do they have on iTunes that you can do? Do they have a heart? The biggest thing on, on iTunes is a
2: five star Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Five star review and leave leave an actual text review saying, Hey, this is what I like about this show. That's helpful.
0: Now Those reviews are important. That I've read, I've read that a couple of times, especially on iTunes, because the more feedback, the more time that a listener gives to a show, they're figuring that, they, hey, they like that show a lot. So if you can, uh, give us a lot of stars. Uh, leave a lot of words. Leave a lot of comments. Put in a lot of letters. I I, maybe it's just putting in letters. Maybe they just type random letters and see what happens there. But you can. Subscribe there. Leave, leave a comment. It's very important to help drive the show to the next level. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Frenemies, and you can get in touch with us, fantasyfrenemies at yahoo.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, at FFrenemies, and Frenemies is always spelled F-R-I-E-N-E-M-I-E-S.